Tony, the end of the year countdown is on. So that means we're counting the days until Christmas, right? No. This is Paladin Financial Talk with Jeff Foley from Paladin Financial. Basically, the more accounts you have, the more opportunities there are for mistakes. So taking control of your assets may help you to avoid some of those common mistakes that investors make. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Paladin Financial Talk with Jeff Foley. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Foley with Paladin Financial. Thank you for tuning in for this week's episode of Paladin Financial Talk. We've got an awesome show for you here today. Uh, myself, Mr. Tony Shore, our remote host, and special, as always, guest not not really even a guest jamie you're part of the team she's just special uh, but still she's special. special there we go very there we go. special uh jamie malm and uh she's piped in from the heartland in kansas how are you jamie i'm good hi guys awesome is it warm in kansas it's really cold up here in minnesota w- warmer than minnesota oh i'll okay. say that yeah yeah we've been in the 50s and uh even lower at night so yeah we're starting to feel it. It's real. Winter is coming, as they say. Yeah, that's why we're talking about the year-end countdown today, right, Jeff? That's right. That's right. So, Tony, what are we going to talk about here today? Yeah, well, I thought we just said it, the year-end countdown. Of there course, what is, but what does that actually mean? <laughs> I mean, obviously, the end-of-the-year financial inventories, uh, people want to get things straightened out for their tax reasons before the end of the year. Uh, for those that are in Medicare, open enrollment, there's a lot going on at the end of the year, right? Yeah, I think it's it's really easy to get lost in all of these end of year planning strategies. So today, what I'm hoping we can talk about, guys, is just focusing on three strategies that we recommend all of our clients focus on as the end of the year approaches. And Jeff, I'll just say this. This may seem obvious, but I still see the number one mistake of people missing the opportunity to contribute the maximum amount to their retirement accounts or or at least the maximum they can afford, right? I would agree with that. Yeah. Each year is an opportunity to max out your different accounts if you have the ability to do that and not paying yourself first, taking money out of your income stream and putting that into those retirement accounts is a missed opportunity. You can't go backwards on that. And if you have a 401k, you want to be able to put in at least up to the company match. So you get that free money, the employer match of 3% or whatever that might be. And if you're self-employed, it's important to know what your options are and make sure you have the right type of plan. Should I have a simple IRA, a KEO? You've got a KEO plan. You have to have those established by the end of the year, but then you still have up until the tax filing deadline to contribute to that. And any contributions that you make to a pre-tax account can lower your taxable income, which is outside of the scope of the the show here today. It may or may not make sense for you to do a pre-tax contribution, but you want to be important and be aware of the uh, potential impact to your overall plan. Roth IRA and traditional IRA contributions, typically you're going to have up until your tax filing deadline. 
But the sooner you contribute, the sooner your money starts working for you. So when you, you want to be aware of what plans you have, your contribution limits based on your income, your spouse's income, what can you do to maximize this? So there's kind of a hierarchy of uh, contribution options that we want to look at based on your income and all sorts of moving parts that we'll, we'll talk about. Sure. Well, wait a minute, though, uh, guys. I want to stop you right there. Uh, you said keto. Is that a diet? Or you said a keto plan. I, keto plan. I, if, can I lose weight on that? And can I still eat pizza? Uh, no. Okay. No pizza. Uh, what Cold is our pizza? What is a keto plan, guys? Jamie, Jeff, anyone? They're not used as much nowadays, uh, but it's a retirement plan that has some higher contribution limits than an IRA. They've been around oh, okay. for some time. But they're not usually used. That was a little random retirement plan throw in there. Well, We're I just, just wanted to you're clarify. Paying attention. Yeah, I wanted to clarify for our <laughs> listeners out there. And I heard yeah. Keo and I thought diet perhaps, but no. All right. <laughs> All right. So that yeah. was number one. Uh, the number one is not contributing the maximum to your retirement accounts before the end of the year, right? That's right. And I think number two here, and you might see some articles about this. Maybe our listeners have heard something about this, but not quite sure how it may impact them. And it's tax loss harvesting, which is a fancy term for basically just selling maybe poor performers or investments at a loss, specifically to help offset any taxable gains you might have realized during the year. So it is an opportunity. It's just a question of, does that make sense in the overall plan? But again, something you have to be aware of before the end of the year. Yeah, that's a good point. And a lot of people like to nerd out on this one. And there's some common common mistakes with this. When we talk about tax loss harvesting, it only relates to taxable accounts. The concept doesn't apply to IRAs or Roth IRAs, because if you sell something at a loss within your IRA, you're not experiencing any tax consequences one way or the other. Same thing with a Roth account. So this would apply to your brokerage account, your taxable accounts that, that occur. And if you have losses in a given year, those offset gains, and we won't get into the difference between short-term and long-term gains in today's show, but that's an important distinction. But in many situations, you can carry over up to $3,000 of losses each year. So, I mean, that's the max that you can, uh, excuse me, that you can take in a given year and you can carry losses over beyond that. So you, where I mentioned at the beginning, there is a lot of people get in the weeds on this a little bit is we don't want to harvest losses just for the sake of harvest loss, harvesting losses in many situations. For example, if you're invested in the S and P 500 and you still think that's a good thing to be invested in, it's 500 of the U S's largest stocks. You don't want to sell that at a loss right now and, uh, no. move into, you know, Acme company stock. Uh, so you want to be aware of why am I doing this? If it's a reason to get out of that holding and call it a day and just cut your losses, so to speak, then that might make sense to do that. Yeah, is, and it is it is harvest seed as well. It, is nerding right. out offensive? I feel like <laughs> no, I that's I not should offensive. Be offended. No, I, I, I use the term nerd <laughs> no, a lot. Ja I think Jamie, a, uh, Jamie, you should not be offended, but your husband Brad would. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. You're fine. I just want to make sure. You're I know. fine, but Brad is uh, Brad is right in that uh, target area there. Yeah. Okay. Well, you may have spoken too soon because this next one, I think you should have saved the people want to nerd out on this for this one, Jeff. But I will tell you, 
I have myself have been surprised if I, I think back in previous years and, you know, this came up when working with our tax repair, but people like to talk about deductions. And if you don't fall under the standard deduction and you have an opportunity to itemize, there's actually something to really be aware of here, which is AMT, the alternative minimum tax. And it for years was really something that just impacted the wealthy. But now it seems like it's affecting more and more of the middle class. And it can definitely be confusing. It's figured separately from your regular tax liability. It has different rules, but ultimately you have to pay whichever is higher and deductions can kind of inadvertently hurt you in this area, right? I mean, it can get really tricky. It is. Yeah. And the AMT is kind of a, a gotcha that sometimes occurs and really aggravates people when they do have to pay that. And one of the main things that we see people run into that are right on the cusp of paying AMT or not is not being aware of how certain deductions can actually trigger paying AMT. And we typically find more, think finding that more deductions, uh, if we're able to itemize is a good thing, but in the case of AMT, that might actually create more issues for you. So you want to, as you plan out your year, uh, if you're using software on your own to do this, you can plug in numbers and get an idea of whether or not AMT might kick in for you and what might you be able to do to make that go away. So you want to be aware of that. It's a, it's yeah. a nuisance. Well, I'm sure a lot of our listeners like me have questions about how AMT works and what it actually is. And I know that you're more than happy to talk to them about that. I mean, you work with tax professionals uh, that can help with this, but uh, AMT stands for alternative minimum tax. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. For example, if you have stock options that you might be exercising, that might trigger AMT and you want to plan ahead on how much should you be exercising in order to stay under limits that might uh, create AMT. Uh, so there's software is your friend when it comes to this and making sure, sure that you're planning ahead for that. Um, yeah, another thing to think about too is we, we often it's uh, football season and you know the football game or any whatever sport you want to use we don't worry about the score as much the, the score that matters is the score at the end of the game and oftentimes at halftime the team that's ahead is not the team that ends up winning when it comes to your taxes halftime is important and what i mean by that is if you look at your tax return if you grab your 1040 and you look at the first page of your 1040 about halfway through that page is your AGI, your adjustable gross income. And that number is used to determine a number of different things. For example, your Medicare premiums are based on your AGI number. Now, further on at the bottom of that, the end of the game score, your taxable income at the bottom of that page, that only impacts in general two things, the application of the tax brackets. So what bracket are you falling into? And number two, a QBI deduction, which is qualified business uh, income. And that sunsets goes away at the end of 2025. So you want to plan ahead for that. But most everything else is actually based on that halftime score and it's tied to the AGI. So, for example, you have credits that might get phased out. You have deductions that might get phased out. Social Security income and how much of that is going to be taxable is based off of that. So you want to be where it's not just your taxable income, but that halftime score, your AGI that you want to look at as well. Sure. So adjustable gross income is really important, isn't it? I mean, a lot is based on that is what you're saying. So gross. So gross. Yes. Did, that, did that you just, 
Did you just try to use football to make yourself sound cooler and talking about taxes? I did. I did. How'd that come across? (sighs) Pretty questionable. Okay. (laughs) Wow. It was a stretch. Jamie, it is one of the three principles of our firm, fiduciary, transparency, technology. So there we go. (laughs) I didn't hear football anywhere in there, whatever, (laughs) or or anything about bad analogies. So (laughs) I think false advertising, but. (laughs) Uh, but you're right. I mean, adjustable, uh, gross income AGI is, is huge. And, uh, that's something I wish I had understood a little more earlier on in life, uh, before I, uh, worked with uh, the both of you, but now I understand why that's important. And I do like the analogy because, uh, people need to focus on that. The, the taxable income at the bottom isn't necessarily as impactful as the other. Yeah. We want to look at how can we push and pull income into or out of years as needed based on changes in your income? If you have a higher income need, are there deductions you can make occur this year? Uh, Changes in tax law. Again, at the end of 2025, the law that we have in place now is going to sunset. It's going to go away. Uh, Impact of standard deduction. Am I going to be able to get above that standard deduction or not in a given year and be able to adjust things? And you all can also get get into the time value of money, which is a little bit in the weeds there. But timing is important. The goal over time is to have the lowest lifetime tax bill. It's not, hey, I didn't pay any taxes this year or I got a refund this year. Uh, People often say I paid almost no taxes this year. And that might sound great. But in most situations, that's not something to brag about. It might signal the lack of planning or missed opportunities because you want to pay taxes when that rate your rate is the lowest. So your low income years, when those occur, are a terrible thing to waste. We want to make sure that we're doing some things to take advantage of those low income years. And as unhappy as we all typically are about paying taxes just in general, I think sometimes we lose sight of the fact that we are historically speaking in a very low tax rate environment. So the likelihood that we are going to pay higher taxes in the future is very high. And planning accordingly for that is something we want to look at and do a real inventory of at the end of each year to make sure, like you said, that overall we've got a solid plan in place. Definitely, definitely. And by the way, Jamie, is that a cat I hear in the background? Dang it. Yeah, what's going on (laughs) there, Jamie? What kind of operation? I mean, that's just karma to try to give you a hard time. And yes, sometimes I'll say somebody will say, "Is that a baby?" No, that's just my cat. So it's a professional was, sound studio here, guys. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if it were it was cats, kids, or Brad. That's I knew. That's it was, like I knew cat. it was one of the three, right? Give Brad his pacifier. Can yeah. you edit that? Just, you know, give me like a some kind of background noise or something. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I wouldn't ask for that, Jamie. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Yeah, the background noise that Mitch would select, our editor, would be worse than the cat. So Okay, we'll just go with it. <laughs> You're fine. You're Sorry, fine. We got know. you off track there, Jamie. Sorry, what were you saying? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't uh, even know now. So well, you were you were talking about how taxes were on sale, and of course they are. And so you want to take advantage of that and maybe pay more taxes. Now, the problem with just, you know, filing your taxes each year, working with a typical CPA, they're just looking back at the last year and seeing, hey, what can I do to pay the least amount as possible this year? Well, uh, what if, and you're retiring in three years. Okay. So do you want to have a huge tax bill in retirement or would, when taxes are higher, or you want to pay now when taxes are lower? Because 
We know the lower taxes are going up in 2025 for sure. At least that's when uh, they expire. So uh, I agree with your point there, Jamie. I think it's a good one. And, and I think, too, aside from tax strategies, the end of the year is a time for just an overall financial inventory, right? We want to make sure that we've reviewed and we've updated beneficiary designations. We want to make sure that little things like checking the box on purse derpies, that if we have trusts established, they're marked as the primary and that contingent. We want to look at our short, mid and long term goals and make sure that our plan is still aligned with those goals. So tax diversification and really taking tax strategies into consideration is a big one. But overall, that full financial inventory really needs to happen. Definitely. You you don't want to let the tax man hit you where the good Lord split you. <laughs> wow. Wow. That is so... Jeff. Jeffy Jeff. Jeff? Jeff. Yeah. Watch uh, it. Watch it. I know. I heard that on a, one of the nerdy podcasts I listened to on tech stuff, and I had to share that. Wow. Wow. Just wow. What a great with, way to end the with show. That in mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. So give us a call, folks, if you'd like help with any of this nonsense. We'd be glad to help you out. But helping you to understand what you're paying in taxes now, what can you do about this over time? It is not just the, this year's tax return that you want to look at. This is a long term game, and uh, we can help you out with that. So give us a call. Schedule a time to come in and meet with us either in our office or virtually with Jamie, myself, whoever, and we'll give you a complimentary second opinion on your retirement plan, help you understand what you have in place today and what can you do over time to lower that overall tax bill. You can do that by giving us a call. Our number is 651-842-8406 or visit us online at financialpaladin.com. Or send us an email at info at financialpaladin.com. And we do appreciate you taking some time to listen to us. Uh, Tony, Jamie, thank you all very much. All right. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Paladin Financial Talk. Thank you for listening to Paladin Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Jeff Foley at Paladin Financial. Call 877-219-3199 or visit their website at financialpaladin.com. Advisory services offered through Paladin Wealth LLC, a Minnesota registered investment advisor. Paladin Wealth LLC offers advisory services under the DBA Paladin Financial and Paladin Wealth. Insurance products and services offered through Paladin Insurance LLC. Paladin Wealth LLC and Paladin Insurance LLC are affiliated companies. Jeff Foley and Paladin Financial are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.